Welcome to the Fit Femme Project Alignment Podcast. It is here that we cultivate and gather all who have been through it in fitness, relationships, careers, lifestyle changes, and unforgettable crucial life pivots trying to achieve their most sovereign selves. We're here to provide you with thought-provoking, detailed stories and information from truly fascinating men and women from all walks of life, professions, generations, and modern-day sagas who speak to their rawest, darkest moments that made them the strong, decisive, humble, helpful, healing people that they are today. We ask them to hold nothing back because life is a multi-dimensional pursuit to be stronger, healthier, and more aligned mentally, emotionally, and physically. Let's go. everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fit Femme Project Alignment Podcast. Once again, I am sitting down with Coach Nicole, and today's topic is actually quite interesting. When we were going over notes, mm-hmm. I was learning stuff as we... This is great. So what we're going to talk about today is why negative emotions around food and fitness do not mean you have disordered eating, which I think is like such a great topic because people like just toss that around like, oh, I, I binged and it's like, are you using that in the wrong context? Like, let's learn about this. Yeah. Or people will say like, um, well, I felt bad and I didn't want to fall back into diet mentality or I felt restricted and I didn't want to fall. That yeah. meant that I was in diet mentality and that's what I'm trying to get away from. And, um, I, I got that a lot from my clients. Like what or some clients, they'd be like, if I feel any negative emotion, any deprivation, any restriction, any sadness, any anger, any fear, then I'm back in a diet and that's exactly where I don't want to be. And there's so much confusion there. Okay. Um, so, like, if I were to ask you, here, look, we can start with this. Like, if I were to ask you, what would you say when you think about food and fitness and health and, let's see, just that area of your life in particular, what would you say are predominantly the top three emotions that come up for you? So the way I would imagine it is if I have to go on a diet or like do something like that, then I would feel a little bit of anxiety because it's like, oh, I don't want to miss out on this. I want to enjoy my life. I don't want to be hungry all the time. So like there's, especially like back then before I knew everything I know now, it would be like the anxiety. Um, it'd be a little stressful. Um, what else? And then... Okay, I need two more. <laughs> it was definitely negative, yeah. Cause, two more. Oof. Um, I mean, <laughs> okay, stress slash anxiety. Can those yeah. be two different ones? Yeah. Okay, and then um, <laughs> this is such a weird noise. It's ah, video recorded. I know. <laughs> Hopefully the video works this time, y'all. Um, okay, let's dial in, Caitlin. What was I like back then? Um, if you had a diet, just uh, anxiety and stress and what else? Are you trying to get me to say one word? One more. <laughs> a specific one more? Oh, no. Uh, God, I can't think of any right now. But I would imagine that... I mean, that's all I can think of is that it would just be stressful and daunting was mm-hmm. another one. And that's not really an emotion, but... Right, is it? I can 
we can talk about the difference. At least that helps me understand. Feelings it, would, it would definitely be daunting, like, oh, the dread mm-hmm. of, like, I want to do this thing, but you just feel defeated because you kind of know what to do, but also it's, like, confusing at the same time. I just remember being confused a lot. Yeah. And then it would be just stressful because it's like, I don't know really what to do, but it kind of do. Like, you know, walking is good. Like, okay, but, like, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah, so you got four right there. You said anxious, stressed, daunting, dreadful. Probably said one. Confusing, five. Okay, yeah. And so, like, if we were to think of, would those be positive or negative? Probably fall into, like, the negative like side of things it's like the association with the diet or the association with the process really the association with the laws of thermodynamics are negative okay i'm just gonna feel dreadful i'm gonna feel confused and anxious and it's like you know we're most of like part of our brain is really and our nervous system is like designed to protect us to avoid stuff like that because it thinks we're going to be in danger so whenever we associate um negative emotions with something it's it really takes work to break that dissociation and it has to happen when we're losing weight or trying to change our body in some way or change our health because the laws of thermodynamics are neutral. They are not good or bad. They just are. But if we're not abiding by them because we think they're gonna, we're going to feel anxious or we're going to feel fear or dread while adhering to them, that's going to get in the way of not just the, I'd say, quality of your journey towards your goal, but also keeping it. You're not going to want to keep any results that make you feel anxious all the time. Okay, so break down <laughs> the laws of thermodynamics. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So laws of thermodynamics are... Using weight. Yeah, it's like yeah. calories out, calories in. Yeah. Like you will gain weight if you're ingesting more than you're expending. You'll lose weight if you're ingesting less then you're expending and you'll maintain if that's even balanced. Okay. Now the nuance, there's a lot of nuance to that. Like, you know, if you eat more protein than, and fiber than not, you'll probably increase your caloric expenditure. Mm-hmm. If you're exercising or walking or doing or physically active, you'll increase your caloric expenditure. It'll be easier for you to either lose weight or keep the weight off. But depending on the kinds of foods you're eating and how much you're eating, that's going to impact whether you gain or lose weight so there, there are little like nuances within that one umbrella calories in calories out so that's laws of thermodynamics like you will change the shape of your body depending on how much you eat and how much you burn and so but that's neutral it's a fact like mm-hmm. there's, you can't change that how you feel about it though will determine how you take the actions within those laws like if you move if you eat more yeah. protein or not like so um because people have dieted so often in the past a lot of people especially if they come like the fit fem project they have this very staunch like belief that any that diets or the laws of thermodynamics and the various diets they tried in the past like keto intermittent fasting paleo slim fast atkins you name it <laughs> they all like fell within laws of thermodynamics yeah. but because the negative associations with them were constant like maybe they felt anxious at every diet that they tried or anxious for a whole year and so the weight came back and so they associate negative emotions with something neutral and so now if they're trying to lose weight they're like I don't want to feel like that at all while I'm losing weight. And so... And that's kind of 
possible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because for one, the diet itself, the laws of thermodynamics are not positive or negative. They just are. Okay. Yeah. And, um, when people, and so it's breaking, it's understanding that and accepting it that can help really, that can really help people move on and actually like kind of let go of the, any negativity or negative associations they have with the thing they need to abide by for the rest of their life if they want to lose the weight and keep it off, for example. Yeah. So, um, talk about like the differences between like these verbiages. Okay. Cause I think that's like really important cause yeah. We also want to help people recognize if they have an eating disorder or... Mm-hmm. What's the other one? Disordered eating. Disordered eating. Like, yeah. To me, that's like the same thing. You just switch the words <laughs> around. Yeah. But we want to help people understand if they might... That might be something that they are struggling with and may not know it. Yeah. But also, like, don't just say that just mm-hmm. because it's... You ate a lot of one thing one time. <laughs> exactly. You are, like... That is so key. Like, that's so good that you brought that up because... Um, <clears throat> With like, with like kind of everything I just said, I'm thinking I have like one particular type of woman in mind, kind of like myself. It's like if you've dieted a lot in the past and you have negative associations with food, fitness, anything, um, and what you hear in advertising and the media, like you hear all these people, you know, all the time, don't, you don't need to be on a diet to lose weight. Like diet gets kind of like a bad rap, but, um, it just what gets heard is that if you feel negatively in any sort of way, then you are dieting and you're not doing it the right way. Then, oh. so um, a lot of people will, and, and and along with that message that gets put out is like because people are confused and they don't really know the difference between disordered eating or eating disorders. Is the eating disorders the clinical definition of them? If you look at the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual for Mental Health, like overall mental health, like depression, anxiety, everything falls in there. Um, everyone has probably heard of like binge eating disorder, yeah. anorexia nervosa, and um, oh my gosh, I should I need to know this third one. Oh like, my gosh! Oh, it's bulimia. Oh, sorry, okay. <laughs> you still thought of it. Just trying to give me a hard time. <laughs> yeah, and. Now, those are clinical, like there are, like if you watch any kind of documentaries on anyone with actual anorexia or anyone with actual binge eating, if you ate a burger and then had some nachos later that night because you had some drinks, that's not a binge. Like if we look at binge eating, for example, binge eating is going out to get breakfast at one restaurant going out to get breakfast a different breakfast at another restaurant so you have two sitting in your car you're going out to buy snacks and drinks at a grocery store you go home you eat all of that then it's lunchtime and you go do it all over again oh that's binge eat that's a disorder that is uh, something in your mind wiring is out of order disorder right? okay so um same thing with anorexia nervosa like there is uh, there's something like it's usually, and in, like I can't speak to it because I'm not a therapist or psychologist, but really there's an emotion. There's like your nervous system is just completely stunned or stuck or shocked into a certain like level of fear. Yeah. So, eating disorders are you really like if you feel like you have an eating disorder, like binge eating disorder, 
or anorexia nervosa, it impacts your health, like physically. Yeah. Um, people will even um, will even kill themselves. Like anorexia, for instance, they'll they're so malnourished that they can die. Yeah, I've seen. There's one girl I follow on Instagram who is documenting her journey, and oh. I know I should send you her stuff. And it's like so interesting. She'll just be like a day in a life with me, and this is what I struggled with today. It's mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, people who binge eat, for instance, they will they can't stand the kind of emotional loop. They're kind of stuck in this like I heard this once, it's called like um kind of a, oh I have to think about it. Uh this kind of like hell they're in. Um, yeah. but it's the only way that they think to get out of it is to kill themselves. Oh. And then with bulimia with um bulimia yeah. you're purging, like yeah. you're I mean you're just destroying your body, like the acid from your stomach. It's really like it puts your life at risk. That's why it's a disorder. It needs mm-hmm. actual intervention. Now, if you are, if you do think that you have an eating disorder, you need, I would say, come to us. Like we can, like at least I, I feel like I can be, I can help you out with that. But yeah, help you understand a little bit better. Or um, there are also some resources online where you can literally Google, "Do I have binge eating disorder?" or something, and there's some quizzes you can take and. The outcome, the result will let you There's know. There's not a lot of disinformation out there about that, or because well, that would be that's the risky run googling things yourself, right? Yeah, that like so that's where like the disordered eating comes in. Disordered eating does not mean eating disorder, and how I like to separate the two and understand the two is disordered eating just means a lack of education and knowledge and information. So okay. like someone may be gaining weight and um, not eating enough protein and they think they have like that, that that's kind of disordered eating for their health in a way they don't it's not intentional they just don't know as soon as they learn right. more and change their their habits like their their body's going to get in better health you don't necessarily need a therapist for that exactly yeah okay. you don't need medication or an intervention of any kind so that's what i like to for instance with some clients uh that i work with i like to kind of figure out where do they fall on that spectrum like are they just do they just not know enough? Let's spend some time there learning more. But if they do, I do work with people who are like advanced, if you will. Like they know macros in and out. They could be a nutritionist themselves because they've been on so many diets. But they're binge eating or they are um, starving themselves on purpose. And that's so like, they know everything. But mm-hmm. yet this is still something they're struggling with. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Kind of like me when I was binge eating. I was like, but it's, it's just such a... Um, the headspace you're in just isn't good. You're just trying to hide it all or you're like in denial. And so I like to, I will tell those clients be like, it's, it'll probably, it behooves you to go speak to someone. I am here in your corner, but that's, I would be out of my scope of practice to say that I can help you out of being treat you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can and, help guide, but not... Yeah, I can't even say you have been eating disorder. I cannot diagnose, but I will say, I listen, I used to struggle with this. If you feel like you are, here's a resource. Okay. Um, yeah. So we try to take care of everyone on any spectrum. If they're struggling, if they're like, if there's some disordered eating, or if there's like an eating disorder, like, we got you. <laughs> Did that? I don't yeah. know if that helped kind of define yeah. both. Yeah, so... <clears throat> quiz time mm-hmm. disordered eating is not clinical it's you know you just need to understand a couple more things mm-hmm. rally this and get that under control and then eating disorder is mental <laughs> yeah 
the nervous system, something's out of order. Okay. Yeah. That's a good way that you put it like that. But okay. Yeah. That, I didn't, yeah, know, I didn't disorder, think about that being a difference. It's so interesting. Yeah, eating disorders fall within that DSM-5. And here's something interesting, too. Binge eating disorder, um, at least several years ago, in the DSM-5, it said that you are um, struggling with binge eating disorder if you're binging at least three times a week. I was doing it like four times. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not in there. But they just updated it, I think within a couple years, and they said you have binge eating disorder if you're binge eating once a week. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because binge eating, it's like, it's what's driving the binge eating. Right. Because so, I could, you know, we, you and I could both sit down and eat the same, a lot of the same thing, but mm-hmm. we're doing it under different motivations. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so I would, if I was still binge eating, we, you and I would eat the same thing and then I'd go home and keep eating whatever was in the pantry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at whatever was in the pantry. Like, you look like a sad little puppy. Oh my God. I was like a, like, I was such a boring binge eater like I'd eat a whole loaf of bread and then I'd eat a jar of almond butter but I wouldn't put them together <laughs> I can laugh about it now but it's yeah. Like, uh, yeah it's just um, someone creative of you <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say what I was about to say I was like be a good binge eater if you're gonna be one. I would tell horrible. myself that I'd be like come on Nicole, you could do something like, this is really what you're gonna like I already knew I was gonna binge I'd be like this is come on Nicole but um no, it's a, it's, it's tough. Like actually humor is one of the best solutions. It's yeah. fantastic for overcoming. I think, uh, certainly from just my personal opinion, binge eating or even anorexia, like any disordered eating, I think, or eating disorder humor. I've never, I, I've never seen humor not work to help someone. Oh, for sure. I, that's why I love humor. That's why I was like, should I say this? <laughs> Let's just yeah. go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, but what drives, and this is kind of like what drives binge eating. Someone may have binged in the past and they don't anymore, but they remember what it feels like. So if they do start a diet now, but they're in a good headspace, if the feeling starts feeling the same, like any kind of whatever they felt back then, like any kind of extreme restriction or deprivation, that's what they're scared of. Then they're thinking, they in their minds, they may think, well, if I feel any kind of negativity as I'm trying to do something good for my health, then it's going to be on the disordered kind of murky side mm-hmm. of mental health and something's going to be wrong with me and they just don't want to go there. So then explain to those who wouldn't have any kind of disordered eating or eating disorder um, what I'm, I'm forming this question. So like, I think I know what you're trying to say. What? Like, what is it? with the emotions yeah how does that play into well like okay like someone like me let's say i'm just starting out this journey learning new things and then um explain to me like the sort of negative emotions that would come up for me yeah and um how to navigate that with me not having any kind of eating disorder xyz does that make sense yes it does so this is where the definition of what's an emotion what's a feeling actually is really helpful so when um and this is where learning about your body is so important why i love it's like that it's one of the biggest things we focus on here but when you have like the difference between an emotion and a feeling and the reason it's important to know is the definition first is an emotion i like the way i like to define it is it is the impulses in your body it's your nervous system talking it's the muscles contracting it's the blood flowing oxygen like hair standing up in the back of your neck it's energy in motion. 
That's an emotion. Okay. A feeling is a really quick evaluation that you make about that emotion. That's a feeling. So if you feel hair standing up in the back of your neck, you think that you are feeling fear. Okay. As an example. Uh Uh-huh. But someone else may feel that in the back of their neck and they may feel lust or like like kind of excitement. So that same response we're having is because of different emotions. Well, it's the same emotion. Or, okay. It's the same physical, like just physical, like it's just your body doing physical sensation. Yeah, it's your nervous system just sending blood somewhere. Okay. And, but your opinion of it. Oh. Your, 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 a subjective thought. Yeah, your opinion of it is what the feeling is. Got it. Got it. That's a good answer. So a feeling is an emotion plus a thought. Okay, I don't like math. Um, <laughs> I have to think about that. Okay, so say it again. I want to comprehend it properly. So feeling plus emotion equals what? <laughs> uh, emotions you can't control. Okay. Feelings you can. Yeah. Because emotions happen in your body. It's the energy in motion. Okay. It's like if a soccer ball is coming at your head, you're going to move out of your way because your nervous system's already picking up on like yeah. the environment. Uh-huh. But how you, what you make, how you, the emotion in your body in that moment mean is subjective and can have different um, examples. So like if you are standing up public speaking and your palms are sweating and your heart is racing and you're kind of, maybe you're sweating in your forehead, that's kind of nervous. You would call that nervous, the feeling mm-hmm. of nervousness. But in your body, that's your sympathetic nervous system just kind of biologically doing its thing. The emotion of heart pulsing, okay. sweat. Yeah. That's energy and motion. And that's happening because of my opinion of the situation. Well, that's before. But like, okay. like if, you're, if you're speaking in front of a stage and you're sweating like that and your heart's racing, the only difference between that moment and, say, you playing tag with your kids in a park, for instance, it's same heart racing, same mm-hmm. sweating, okay. right? same physical emotions, Yeah. but that's called, you can call that um, happiness, the feeling of happiness. So, okay. so context matters, yes. like circumstance, but it's the same, your body's just, the emotion inside your body, the energy that's going it's through your body, happening. it's just your nervous system, yeah. Okay. It's just happening. Okay. So with someone who um, doesn't have... Well, actually, before we go there, is that, was that helpful? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. And, like, I just... Hearing it, hearing it explained out like that, you know, just, like, this plus this is this and this and that. Like, you just don't think about those things. I know. That's why people are yeah. struggling. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, for one, it's automatic responses you're not constantly constantly aware of them like if i have that you know nervous sensation my body's reacting like that i might be noticing it but it's just so normal yeah. for that to happen and it's like i'm not gonna like write it down <laughs> no i mean there's there's no re- there's no reason to do it for every part of your life but if you're trying to change something this is where i think it's important you're trying to reach a goal yeah like that's where i think it's important to really understand where you where you are and where you want to go right okay so then yeah. keep going <laughs> okay so if you haven't binged you don't you haven't had an eating disorder but you're trying to lose weight um but like we saw you might feel an- anxious confused devastated um i think there was like defeated and just like else. overwhelmed and yeah like, so yeah. there were these negative you could say feelings emotions they get in a in a 
use interchange, yeah, all the time, but that doesn't like an emotion, okay, if we think of an emotion in itself is neutral. It's like the laws of thermodynamics. It's like the color of your skin, like you can't change it. It's it's just is. Yeah. Your nervous system just is. Yeah. It is going to it's working right now, it's working when you're sleeping, it's working when you're eating. Stuff is happening without you having without you consciously thinking about it. It's until you add consciousness to what your body is physically doing that you then start feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's so primal, like, because <laughs> yeah. it's like one. The first step is acceptance. This is gonna happen. Okay, deal with it. Yeah. This is how we're gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like so. If you haven't had an eating disorder and you're trying to lose weight, but then you start feeling kind of negative feelings, mm-hmm. you're just feeling negative, or you're just feeling emotions. Yeah, you don't have to make them mean that they're negative. Got it. You can control that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's hard. It is hard. Because if you're like, you know, so some of the, like for me, for instance, like I understand that almond butter when I was binging on almond, like jars of almond butter in my head, intellectually, I understood it's neutral. It is not causing me to feel anxiety right now. So because, and the thing is I knew because I was feeling is just anxiety. Like my, my heart would race and I made that mean something bad. Like, I'm going to binge again. I don't want to. And so I had to talk myself through and say, hang on. If I, my heart's racing and I'm next to a jar of almond butter, I can make that mean anything else. I can make, and I should make that mean something else so that I can start feeling differently around something so neutral. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Was, um, side question. Mm-hmm. Was almond butter like your thing? <laughs> oh, it's because I was... When I was bodybuilding, I had almond butter on my meal plan, and I always had the unsalted plain almond butter, and it just, I don't know, I think it was also the cheapest, the cheaper kind that I could get. It's just, because you, that seems to be the, the, the thing that you binged on, right? Or it, Well, it used to be peanut butter, but then I was like, no, almond butter is healthier, because it, that it's was It's in my meal plan, plan, so it's okay, right? That, and I was, <laughs> yeah, it was like, and it's unsalted, that's when almonds were making like this they were okay. replacing peanuts yeah. years and years ago and so yeah sorry I had to ask <laughs> like, you were a boring bitch <laughs> I'm like god what did you eat a cookie like some pizza maybe like come on no it's like I'll avoid the cookie but I'll eat this whole jar of almond butter it's better <laughs> oh my god it's such a trip <laughs> um, anyway sorry keep going I had to ask where were we uh, so the <laughs> Shut off again. I know. We're going to pause real fast. <laughs> okay, we're back. Um, we're, we're having like just so many technical difficulties these days, but we will figure it out. <laughs> Things will come together. <laughs> okay, where were we? Okay, so if you, I think we were, where we were was like if you didn't have an eating disorder and you were yeah. trying to lose weight, but you come across some of the negative emotions or okay. negative yes. feelings that you listed, like those five those probably right now are getting in the way of you adhering to the laws of thermodynamics because they're so strong Mm -hmm. and you believe whatever opinion you have about the laws of thermodynamics to be true that's why you feel anxious okay yeah so i need to learn how to you kind of reverse engineer like sometimes it's hard to just change your thought about something external like the laws of thermodynamics yeah you can't just say oh i believe in it now and then feel happy and then suddenly start adhering to it 
yeah. people, we don't realize how much meaning we give to the emotions in our body. Like people will yeah. actually, like, if you think about it, like take an urge or a craving, for instance, people will feel an urge to eat something at a party. Okay. And the meaning they give that desire that they feel in their body, that emotion is negative. Like because say, they want something. Because they but want they shouldn't. They should. As soon as they oh, so it's the shame. So yeah, I'm looking be... at this glass of wine and I'm like, I want that. I want that. But it's like, no, it's so bad. And and that's the part that gets in the way. You can want it. You yeah. do. That's yeah. the, the first impulse. Is that we're not trying to. It's not impulse control. It's controlling your reaction to the impulse. Okay. So one, you're gonna have the impulse. You're gonna have the urge. Okay. That's okay. That's normal. That's okay. the human body. But what you tell yourself afterwards is what matters and what's going to dictate whether so, you drink that wine or not. Okay. So let's mm-hmm. role play. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I'm in that situation where I'm having all that shame around like the desire to have wine, I can't believe I put myself in this situation where there's wine or, you know, something like that. What would be ideal next steps? So... You have desire for wine, uh-huh. but you also have, um, you said guilt or shame because you're telling yourself I shouldn't want Yeah. on some level. Like yeah. you're like, I shouldn't, or I wish I wasn't around so much wine. Like a lot of thoughts. Okay. But you have compete, you have like desire and you also have guilt and shame. So at that point, like your nervous system is going to get so overwhelmed that you're literally going to like, fuck it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. What happens is your prefrontal cortex, right? The part, the decision-making part of your brain, like you literally flip your lid. It goes offline because your nervous system was so overwhelmed. That's so funny. You literally flip your lid. Yeah. Well, it's hard, so it's hard to think through okay. those moments. Okay. Cause you're kind of essentially seeing red in a way. Yeah. yeah. So it's like your nervous system at that point will act without conscious input. That's why you can see yourself drinking, even though in your mind, you're like, I shouldn't be doing this, but you're still doing it. Yeah. Okay. So then Walk me through the rest okay. of the scenario. <laughs> so you're already like in an overwhelmed situation. Okay. So the as we call them the fuckets. Yeah. <laughs> Screw it. I'll just eat and drink whatever. Yeah. Is already like that's the only thing that's going to help you actually feel better. Right. Yeah. So we need to take it kind of a step earlier um, before that you actually do that. Like before, maybe as you're getting ready to go out and you're thinking about the wine, you may as soon as you have a thought about wine, you may be like, hmm, that would be good. But notice the immediate thought you have that you give yourself. It may be something like, I shouldn't. Yeah. Or, no, that's bad. Mm -hmm. It's a negative opinion that you are giving to that circumstance, to yourself, for feeling the want for it. Feeling like, so you have the emotion of, I'd say, desire. And you can literally follow your negus, your your vagus nerve. Your vagus nerve is actually kind of part of your autonomic nervous system. I'm getting so nerdy, but there's a part of your vagus nerve where you can physically, like if you were to point where you feel desire, you would point to a part of the vagus nerve. Oh, crazy. Parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system. And so you actually felt that in your body, but the meaning you gave it and with the context of going to this party and there being wine was probably negative. Okay. Which is why you arrived at the party already feeling guilty. Okay. Yeah. Or trying to combat the guilt in some way. Right. Okay. So I just need to tell myself before the situation actually happens and I'm in it that um, I feel so like, I feel like I'm working through like stuff like as if I was a kid again, like right now. Yeah. Thinking about like explaining it 
it's kind of how it is. You yeah. Have to go back down to the basics. Um, okay, so <laughs> using me as an example, I would just need to be like, stop and tell myself because you have to change the narrative, right? You, you, have you to, also have to feel differently. Yeah, so I have the desire to drink wine and say, for one, it's okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Um, and you know, one of the things that I've t- I would tell myself when I was trying to like change my habits, um, rather than like I should do this, it's like I want to do mm-hmm. this. That yeah. helps a lot for me. Yes. Like. Yeah. And actually, and what takes, you may not believe it the first time you tell yourself it's okay to want wine. An immediate thought might be like, okay, you're telling yourself it's okay, but really it's not. Who are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why repetition is so important. You have yeah. to visualize, put yourself there and actually say, no, I really, it is okay to want this wine. There's going to be wine. I legitimately want it, but I am not like, it's okay to want but it's also okay to party and still want the want. Like you have to change the meaning you give the wants. Like a lot, we judge ourselves for wanting something. That's yeah. what, that's the diet mentality. Really, I, the negative self judgment. Yeah, and I've noticed myself when I've had you know because you can resort to like alcohol or food or whatever during those like negative emotions Mm -hmm. and we've all done that and I guess this is back on our topic (laughs) where like I've had a shitty day I'm like I just want wine or like my I'm on my period and my emotions are just kind of everywhere I don't know what's going on and like I just want wine and Mark's like well give me a glass like no I don't it's funny because I won't in those moments because I know it's just inside of me things are just going great especially like that that one day a month on my period where I'm just like oh. I don't know things what is life exactly like, yeah. <laughs> and so just like wine would be great and sometimes like I would have a glass of wine and it would just kind of neutralize me and like but that would be it you know what I mean? And <clears throat> even though I may have given in in those moments, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not, I don't have that eating disorder or, you know, I'm not spiraling mm-hmm. because of it. But, yeah. Yeah, and it's like you, um, it's like whatever you were feeling, like, on that day, it's really hard on our period, everyone, just saying. Like, it's just emotions just, are just. It's an extreme example to help make sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, um. Whenever you are feeling that negative emotion or that kind of, see, it's not, emotions are not positive or negative. They just are. They are. If you're feeling an emotion that you have been typically associating as negative, like urges and cravings, and if you're trying to lose weight, everyone's like, no, stay back, urges and cravings, you're going to make me binge and gain weight. Like, you're saying no to yourself. That's why you're improving your relationship with yourself, not with food necessarily. Okay. So let's talk about the opposite end of the spectrum. Okay. The people who... Like the client, because you have some clients that mm-hmm. are, you know, have the or just ooh, eating disorder, eating disorder, yeah. <laughs> who are like that. So, like, how would it be different for them? And like, how do you help them navigate these things? I first tell them like if they, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like if they think they're struggling, like, like in a way that's getting in their in their way, like that's where I say, you know, go talk to someone. It's totally okay, but I'm here to support you. Yeah, and I will. Um, I pay really close attention to their life and how they're feeling because really they're so terrified of repeating anything in the past that caused them not to keep their results. So if they have an eating disorder, um, 
what I like to help them with is show a lot of compassion, a lot of understanding and get to know them on a personal level where I know where, when to push them and when not to. Um, but a lot of it is exploration. I just, I, it's a lot of it is them getting to know their body and stop mm -hmm. judging their body for being afraid around food, being, uh, for wanting food, for, um, being anxious around food, for being excited around food, like any emotion they feel around food, they judge as bad. They just feel like they can't get it right. with that kind of stuff because it's like, I can't be with you every moment mm -hmm. you're around those situations where are triggered. So it's like how, I mean, obviously the first step um, for people who are struggling is getting coaching mm -hmm. or professional help and they're already doing that. So that's great. Mm -hmm. They're already going to like comply mm -hmm. to a degree. So, but to me, like thinking about it being in the coach's perspective, like, I just would want to be there every second around yeah. them to be like, no, I see what you're thinking. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's where the check-ins come in and yeah. how, like why I have to get to know them because you'll find patterns and they need, they don't know their patterns, but I can point it out to them. Okay. And then we work on those moments instead of, cause they'll feel like, no, I feel like this all day. I'm like, probably, but you don't. <laughs> and so we find patterns and then one that gives them some relief cause that's all they want. They just want some relief from feeling yeah. so overwhelmed all the time so scared and so when they can and so they have to find where they have moments of like really they feel good and they need to believe that that's possible for them to actually feel good during the day instead of fearful and overwhelmed and anxious and nervous uh, anytime they're around food so an easy one as an example is breakfast for like people don't really binge around breakfast um because they've rested interesting and um their body's still waking up they like so that's cool. a like a study type thing or just oh, what you've noticed that's a good point um i was that's just personal like what i've noticed in personal oh, experience interesting. um i shouldn't say no one i should say the women i've worked with okay don't like breakfast isn't a, a, a binge moment for Virginia. okay um and I, I don't really work with anyone who's uh struggled with anorexia usually they're trying intermittent fasting that's why they won't eat breakfast but then they'll be hungry later and eat yeah <laughs> um but um and i haven't worked with anyone with bulimia but with binge eating um, they're usually rested. They're drinking their coffee in the mornings. They'll eat something. They have better access to their hunger and fullness signals because they they're nervous in like nine hours or well that, but they're the, the, the day hasn't overwhelmed them with the onslaught of responsibilities um, like emails and tasks and um, other things. So their nervous system's pretty in a good place. Yeah. yeah. They're pretty, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So they're able to, if they feel full, they're able to read that and, not and say okay that feel pretty good but then once the work day starts and they have to get a workout in or if they haven't slept well or if they're dehydrated or if they're constipated or if they're sick they're like it's hard to accurately read how your body's going like process how your body's going through the day so if you're overwhelmed with work and you're stressed and anxious you're gonna your nervous system at that point is just wanting something to get back into homeostasis right, really. and a lot of times we use food a lot people will use other things like procrastination or porn right. or anything but for the women we work with and for me it's food mm -hmm. and so um and it does work that's why we keep going to it <laughs> so, <laughs> damn it yeah <laughs> and that's what they don't want it's like i don't want they, they hate that when they have a craving or they even think about food and how nice it would be just to try something, it is so fast how quickly they tell themselves something negative 
about that thought or even like the desire that comes up. And the reason is because there are four threats to the brain. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was like, we need to say this. I was like, here's like, the whiteboard. Like, We're like, you gotta take notes. There's gonna be a quiz. He's like, I see you looking at me, like trying to keep it all together. I'm like, it should. Like thoughts, it's just it's a lot. Matter. It's a big subject. Like it, it it's is. not not anything I've ever really talked about in depth. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, emotion like the, it's in reality simple because I have emotions. Mm-hmm. I do experience these moments, but like we're, I've never sat down and talked about it in such a elemental way. Yeah. You know, like yeah. this. So okay, the four what threats <laughs> to the brain. Four threats to the brain. Okay. So for instance, like when you with wine. Okay. Let's go back to that scenario. You Lindsay, if she's listening, she loves this probably. <laughs> they coach my girl. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I wish someone had told me this when I was yeah. like with the almond butter. I yeah. mean, not butter, really, people mm-hmm. in my pantry. But um, as soon as you see that glass of wine, for instance, and you feel a craving for it, okay. Notice what you tell yourself. The thought you have immediately after. You mm-hmm. said it earlier. Oh, I did. You said I shouldn't. Okay. Yeah, generally that can be it. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't is why I say by threat to the brain is it's a cognitive threat. Like it's an unrealistic expectation. So the four threats are unrealistic expectations. Oh. Uh, cognitive, um, what's it called? Not cognitive dissonance, but like, um, oh shoot, I should remember this. Yeah. But it's like when things, <laughs> when things don't add up, it's like, uh, Oh, I I can't. Like kids are really good at this. Like if you if you're really tense and you tell them something, everything's fine. They're gonna know you're lying. Oh, so yeah. So we have. Oh, I'm so. I feel so bad. I can't remember this. It's something. <laughs> it's not. I'll have to. It'll come to me. But when things aren't adding up, when things don't make sense, that's a threat to our brain. Our brain starts getting on alert. It's like why is because this not making sense? The synapses in your brain—they have to make a connection. You have yeah. to know that two plus two equals four. Yes, because that makes our brain comfortable. Yeah. There has to be a reasoning behind this action. Yeah, because our brains have—they're problem solvers. Yes, exactly. Our brain. Yeah. A third threat is fear of the unknown. Yeah. And then the fourth threat is actual physical danger or harm to your body. I was going to say lions. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's. But that's like with the physical danger. Like if you're in um you know, like let's say there was a lion behind you. That's a clear threat. Your brain, your nervous system. No doubt about it. (laughs) But you can feel the same way when you get an email from your boss. Yeah. You feel scared. (gasps) Yeah. We need to talk. And so it's a cognitive threat. It's not a physical threat. It's a cognitive threat, but that doesn't. And here's the thing, just because it, it's not actually a threat. And that's where you have to practice pausing and looking at the facts because that will Calm your nervous system. That will calm your nervous system and you'll feel better. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. You just have to like tell you. And I, I do that to myself a lot where it's like, you're overreacting, Caitlin. Chill. <laughs> yeah, but you're overreacting when you're in front of that glass of wine. It may not oh, feel yeah. like it. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It doesn't, just because you can't see what's under your skin, your nervous systems, they call it hyper arousal. It's like, just like lighting up that's why it's hard to think logically through those moments because you're just like your nervous system you can feel it like yeah just building or boiling and so you're trying to like i don't want to feel this way i'm going to erupt people are going to make fun of me or like i don't want people to see me when i'm in my element like really mad or something and so you just drink and go with the flow right i could just like see these moments like if it were a tv show mm-hmm. how like 
the that commentary would start playing. You're staring at the glass of wine for like five minutes. Like, are you okay, Caitlin? Yeah. You're just like trying to like work through it. <laughs> That's what I feel like these situations would be like. Yeah. If well, I actually stopped and thought about it. Not five <laughs> minutes, but ten to thirty minutes. What? Yeah. So. This neuroscientist who studied emotions, his name's Damasio, I think. I can't remember. Antonio Damasio? I can't remember. It's okay. Either way, <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> um, but he said that whenever your nervous system is activated like that, uh-huh. it, it can regulate itself. You don't need to go, you know, listen to music, go, to, go do yoga or drink some water. If you can wait, he says around 20 minutes your nervous system will regulate itself. Meaning you will feel like quote unquote normal because you'll be back to homeostasis. Oh, So whatever guilt or shame you were feeling around the glass of wine in 20 minutes, you won't feel that way. If I just like walk away and did something else for Mm -hmm. a minute and didn't have to sit there and meditate. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Now, and the thing is that timeline gets shorter and shorter the more you practice. The more you recognize that how you physically feel, the emotion you have in in front of that glass of wine does not mean anything's gone wrong. Because you're therefore not giving yourself, there's no threat in your, that you're telling yourself. You're telling yourself it's okay to feel this way. It's not that I shouldn't feel this way. Right. That's a good point. There's this girl I, I follow on TikTok. She's a stripper. <laughs> but um, I, her, her content is funny because she just tells these crazy stories that happened mm-hmm. at the strip club I follow. Mm-hmm. But she's, um, she doesn't drink. Oh, um, and she explained why... Um, she eventually developed a bad relationship with alcohol and got herself, I'm pretty sure she got herself out of it yeah. or whatever, but she was giving everybody, she was talking about it because people had questions and she's like, this is one of the things that really helped me when I was trying to cut back and stop drinking. And she was like, it was the 30, 30 minute method or something like oh. that. It's like when I craved the, the alcohol, uh-huh. I would just tell myself, just wait 30 minutes. Yeah. And exactly. then she, yeah, it's the exact same thing you're yep. thinking about. And she probably didn't even know that it's like a clinical thing mm-hmm. that her brain was just like, it's not that big of a deal. Because yeah. that's happened to me before unknowingly where I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to have a glass of wine tonight and have a little wine. And it, like I wouldn't have any negative emotions mm-hmm. behind it or anything, but I would forget so I'd, I'd get out the glass of the, the bottle, and I'd, but I'd be like, let me just do this thing real quick. And then, then like 45 minutes go by, an hour goes by. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me pour my glass. But then I'd get to doing something else. I'd, I'm like, when I realized that would start to happen, um, like a year ago, that started to really happen. Um, it was so mind-blowing because before, I would not forget. Like, that was priority one. I was opening up that bottle. And then even if the glass sat there, it was poured. You must believe <laughs> But that's that's really really cool, I'm, and it's really interesting to learn that that's like an actual thing. And I know a lot about the brain. You just don't think about these things that it's so simple to. Uh, I don't want to say control. But it if you is like know it, about it because it's really empowering. Yeah, and the diet industry doesn't want you to feel that way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to buy their products <laughs> instead. Yeah. Drink my pill. Mm-hmm. Eat my pill. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah. So for people who are trying to like move forward and mm-hmm. stuff like that, who have, I guess the best way to like really talk about this are the examples you have mm-hmm. from your clients. Yeah. So like, what are a few of those from people that you've helped like work through those steps? So I instantly, like one client immediately comes to mind, like, we focused on her body. I was like, you are going to learn about your nervous system. Oh, okay. And she was, cause she was very much like, I want to eat when I'm hungry. Stop when I've had enough. Intuitive. Um, yeah. Style, yeah. Which, and intuitive, oh, I have my own opinion. 
about that in oh. another episode. Yeah. But um, we'll talk the, about uh, that. <laughs> I'm curious. No, sorry. <laughs> but it's like the she's like but I she still didn't trust her body she's like I understand she's like I understand calories and macros she's like but I still want to keep eating I can't not pour myself a glass of bourbon at night she's like and I want to eventually stop that because I know I'm not losing weight and so I was like start with the body because that's one thing that we don't learn growing up we don't really think about what's under the skin um Mm, maybe we have a semester in biology but really there's so much more and it's more than mindset really like so I we talked about the nervous system. I introduced her to her vagus nerve and we would do coaching and I'd say, she'd say, oh, I'm feeling anxious. I'd be like, where do you actually feel that point? It's pointing out to me. And she'd be like, in my chest and it's kind of growing. I'd be like, okay, that, she's like, it feels like a volcano. And I'd be like, all right, well now every week we're going to check the volcano in this certain situation and you're going to practice sitting with it or you're going to practice going outside, taking care of yourself, make sure you drink your water. And she would. And then she got to the point where the, that volcano, that anxiety in her body stopping a problem. Hmm. Like it would, she could, it, it still came up, but it didn't consume her attention to the point that she would do anything to bring it down. To, okay. Right. So she would just deal with whatever circumstances she was in. Cause she noticed it would come up a lot when she was speaking with her spouse and then at work. And then, so she would go eat something afterwards because oh. she's like, I just want to feel better. But instead of eating, she would deal with whatever the problem was and then naturally feel better. Oh, just flipped it around. Yeah, so instead of eat the action of eating, she did the action of talking with her work coworkers or her spouse. And that was, you just change the action, but without judging what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And so she dropped the negative self-judgment because she understood her body was just like, it's like any animal. Like if your cat meows, like it's gonna meow. It's gonna have <laughs> impulses. Like we just fed Jasmine's like she gulps down her Little her tree. Yeah. Like girl, chew. Exactly. It's like that doesn't mean she's a bad cat because she doesn't <laughs> chew, you know? It doesn't mean we're bad or that we're doing anything wrong because That's we so want cute. wine or we want almond butter. Yeah. But we we are so quick to negatively judge ourselves for That's that. So true. And so you bring your body into play, you start paying attention to it more naturally, the negative self-judgment starts to drop because you're like, I'm a human being. Like my body wants food, I'm gonna eat food. I'm not gonna starve myself just to accommodate, you know, so and so and hope that they don't feel bad because I'm eating. You know, all those other thoughts. And so once your body is something that you are paying more attention to throughout the day, throughout the week, especially in what used to be triggering situations for you. Once you start taking care of your body and understand what your nervous system is going through, then we can address the belief systems and the thoughts. Okay. Yeah. I I really like that because a lot of the things that have helped me in my life, just in general, is to, um, I guess, compartmentalize it. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I explain it? Like being able to define the reasons why this is happening or why I am the way that I am. Oh, that's normal. Oh, this is like, you know, putting like a term to it helps separate it Mm -hmm. emotionally from me rather than just being like, I don't know. Ah, like, okay, well let's learn about our body. It's biology class, physiology class. Like, I like that. That's because it's just, for me, it helped take a lot of the anxiety off because you just understand. Yeah why things are the way that they are you know well your body stops being unknown to you because you're constantly living in that fear of the unknown you're like why is my body feeling this way when it shouldn't or you know so you're like when you understand why your body's feeling a certain way like 
is there's just nothing to be on alert for. Your nervous system's chill, which is what everyone wants. Like, I don't want to be <laughs> any, like, I don't want to be banging, like, on opposite ends of the spectrum with the emotions. I just want to feel normal, they say. And that's, you do when yeah. you understand things. So what, uh, so you get them to understand them physiologically mm-hmm. and then you tackle the emotions behind it because that's very individualized the emotions are the physiology or, right yeah Wait, and what was we, the second part you said then we tackle the thoughts the, the thoughts that's what the, i meant yeah so those yeah. <laughs> threats to the brain the, they're cognitive they're just uh-huh. they're really opinions uh-huh. um we challenge them or i help them challenge them what's an example so um let's see like there's like so many examples. I can't pick one. Okay. So it's like, so if someone, so it's the same client who with the volcano example, um, her spouse would, no, let's talk, take a coworker. Her coworker would tell her, Hey, um, let's, we need to get on a call in five minutes. And my client instantly get angry. And in the past she would get so angry. She'd go pour herself a glass of bourbon or something to have during the call. But that was getting in the way of her weight loss. She's like, how do Probably I... Probably her job. <laughs> well, she was, she was good with it, but it's like, uh, she works in a male, kind of like heavy uh, male-dominated uh, company, but she, uh, so she's like, how do I not have bourbon when those moments come up? She basically, she's like, how, how do I not feel that way? And so when she understood that whenever a coworker would say, hey, we need to get on in five minutes or, you know, basically not taking her schedule into account um she would feel like that kind of anger start rising in her chest and she's a type two i was just about to ask what her enneagram yeah so she's a helper so she hated that she would always say yes even though she would go drink something not lose weight she'd sacrifice her growth if you will to accommodate someone she hated that and so when she realized that she's going to feel angry whenever someone decides to change her schedule without like approaching her first or understanding that she can't maybe make that meeting instead of her trying to stuff down that anxiety and to say, sure, I can meet you in five minutes and then go get some bourbon. She would sit with that anxiety, that pressure in her chest and do some breath work. She'd try to exhale, make your exhales as long as your inhales, I like to say, but, um, okay. as a way to start. Yeah. Cause that really, your breath, like, you know, Casey's studying breath work right now. Like the breathing is one of the first ways to help regulate your nervous system. <laughs> but she would practice that and she'd be, you know, and she, so she would, sometimes she'd tell her coworker, sure, I can make it. But other times, then she started saying, no, I can't. Let me look at my schedule and I'll get back to you. And suddenly she was like, huh, like it would, and then she wouldn't go get some bourbon. And she's like, I can okay so boundaries for her boundaries yeah thing. yeah and but she needed practice like yeah. there were so many instances where she told her co-workers like uh they would say hey can we, we need to get on a call we need to get on a call and she'd say no i can't right now but she it got to the point where she was the the boundaries were like they weren't a problem either like she would just say like no i'm not going to do it today we can do it tomorrow and she felt fine yeah there, there was no anxiety and there's also no bourbon yeah. she was so proud of herself oh and so, but her, she would have thoughts like type twos be like, I have to help. Like I just, otherwise they're not going to love me. You know? So that's kind of in her mind, like I should do this or else is a threat. So that's yeah. why like it would, the anxiety would build and build and she needs something external to help cope with it. 
Okay. And so, but when she was with that anxiety building in her chest and she was with it with some compassion saying, no wonder I'm feeling anxious is because I'm thinking I have to accommodate others, but I, maybe I really don't have to. And she started questioning and, and, you know, challenge, like kind of challenging with compassion, what she used to believe, then her nervous system would be like, oh, like, it's okay. We don't have to, this is actually a little more chill than we thought. And her nervous system <laughs> would naturally go down and or regulate itself and then she would feel better and not feel an urge or need for alcohol and yeah and so and she got there to the point where like she's she's like she's all good she feels great she's like this is exactly where i wanted to get to she's like i want to feel so self-confident like i can trust myself wow so I'm so proud of her. I love is her. Is it so who I'm checking out? Yes, oh, <laughs> we love you. We know who you are. <laughs> so she she signed up with that goal in mind and mm-hmm. she reached it and she's way better off. I love that. Mm-hmm. So what because she was with us for a while. Yeah, a whole year. Yeah, I was gonna say, because sometimes I think that's another thing to bring up when, you know, despite where you're at in your life or your journey or your goals, if you have disordered eating or eating disorders <laughs> the the timelines yeah. for this is really important because there's no there's never going to be a 30-day fix there's never no. like the the 90-day booty burn or whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah. so i think it's so important to talk about like these things take time and you gotta understand that one <laughs> yeah and that's why i think people who sign up are so brave because they know that they're gonna have to like they're going to have to stop running if they really want to change. And that's, that's scary, but they're signing up anyway. So I'm like, I honor that. And I'm here with you all the way. Like, so let's do this. So for somebody who, um, you know, in our subject here, (laughs) because I mean, this really applies to everything, everybody. Um, but more for like kind of what we're talking about for people who, you know, are doing their thing or on their own or just trying to tackle it themselves. Like what, would be some great things to start to do to like move forward yeah um i'll just say what i did because i didn't have a coach to help me specifically with this kind of stuff like i wish i had i think that's why i became the coach i feel i needed like that's why i read so many books but if someone if if i like what i what worked for me was when i was doing this on my own was i would go on walks and i would be out in nature and I would double, like, have an agenda when I was out walking. I would visualize and put myself in what in triggering situations, which for me were anytime I was in my own kitchen. Oh. Anytime so, you were in your kitchen that was triggering? Yeah. Wow. And But not in the mornings. And that's how I was able to pick up and find patterns oh. of myself. So I was like, I would go out, walk every single day, and I'd purposely bring up a hard situation. I didn't want to, but I knew I had to. And so I'd visualize the evenings and I started to recognize, oh, this is happening in the evenings a lot, but not in the mornings. I wonder why. I'd be like, and so I'd wake up in the mornings. I'd be like, I feel pretty good right now. Can I feel this way in the evenings? And so I'd start visualizing, just practicing visualizing how I wanted to feel, but it helps knowing how you are currently feeling so that you're not like avoiding anything. Yeah. That's a big one yeah (laughs) like forcing yourself to like be or think or feel something else without having to address what's currently going on Mm -hmm. yeah so walking and visualizing oh man someone's in trouble (laughs) yeah i hope it's the police or not an ambulance (laughs) might be an ambulance sorry hope you're okay yeah (laughs) oh take that back (laughs) i thought it was a police car (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, walking and visualizing, journaling. I did a lot of journaling, and that's a way of visualizing. Yeah. I couldn't talk to anyone. It was a little too hard for me. Um, but if you can talk to someone that you trust, that would help things. That would move things along so much more quickly. Um, and and learn, find resources um, that you can learn from. For instance, like I, I read books. I have so many books. Um, I sign up for programs. I join communities, podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So you you surround yourself with resources and yeah and stuff like that. How long did it take for you to like actually get professional help? Wait, did you? I didn't. Okay. But for me, well, and here's like, like for me, I would I actually had depression. I realized because even though I stopped binge eating, I was shutting down and not doing anything. And so I wasn't losing weight because I was not, I was literally not moving. And so, and I would stop eating what I planned and I would eat like popcorn, just something to get in like in my stomach. But because I also wasn't moving, I was pretty sedentary, even though I worked out in the morning, like it's still, if you're immobile the rest of the day, it's basically, you're pretty sedentary. Yeah. Um, not a lot of physical activity going on. And so I wasn't losing weight. And so and after a while, I was like, and I would notice other things. Like I would cry at the smallest thing, and um, I was like, I think I, me, I always work backwards. I'm like, am I getting the results I want? Be like, yeah, I stopped binge eating. Yeah, I stopped overeating, but I'm still not losing weight, and I want to. And I'm like, well, what's in the way? And be like, oh, I'm not moving. Why aren't you moving? Because you're sad all the time. <laughs> so that's why I, that's when I got help, like professional help. Let me give you a little hug. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Now that makes sense. Because um, you can stop doing the thing, but you didn't address why you were doing all that. Because it's, it's going to affect you one way or the other. Well, what do you mean? Sorry. Like, so you stopped binging, mm-hmm. but you didn't address the negative emotions and the behaviors behind all that, right? I did. If I hadn't had depression... I think I would have, I think though, I'm speculating here. I don't really know. I think I would have been able to lose the weight and get to where I wanted, but because I had depression, like I, th- I actually do have depression, like it's in my family. Um, it's not just cause I'm eating the wrong foods or anything. Cause I eat super healthy. I drink all my water, I get my sleep, I move my body, but I still had like right. depression. And so, um, I need medication for that. And, uh, so, but if I, so if I didn't have actual depression, I think, I would have been able to like lose the weight I wanted and been fine. Right. So you didn't know that while you were in in the midst of your eating disorder. No. And depression and binge eating are very like close sisters. Um, So it was going to come out eventually. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if one, like which like chicken or the egg came first. I don't know if binge eating causes depression or depression leads to binge eating. I don't really know. But, um, that's a good thing to research. That is. (laughs) (laughs) No, relax. (laughs) So much to know about the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think yeah. Is that everything? You, like that was just such a this is such an intense topic. I feel like again, it's like another one we could like really dive into because yeah. I mean I'm just sitting here like an idiot. Like I don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> but like no, I agree. There should be a part two. I could part talk two. about this stuff all day. What do you like? I feel like we could go like dive even deeper into it. Like especially if we had like a. Um, Another professional, Oof. yes, that would specifically talk about mm-hmm. this stuff or do, yeah, I think like should do that, mm-hmm. yeah, because I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, that would be fascinating. Yeah, 
Do you have anybody in your little black book? Lots. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> well, we'll get one of them on. But yeah, that is definitely, I guess, a good place to start mm-hmm. for people who don't know anything about it or trying to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're going through. Call no. your mom or somebody, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, thanks for uh, joining me again today. Um, sorry about the video stuff, guys. It's going to... It's going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get something new, but it'll work out. I am a positive person. You are an optimist. We <laughs> just talked about that. Um, all right. Well, until next time, talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the FFP Alignment Podcast. Please support us by downloading, rating, and recommending us to your friends and family. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Fit Femme Project. That's F-I-T-F-E-M-M-E Project. And for those of you looking to find their essential balance of lifestyle and fitness, book a free consult by going to thefitfemproject.com. That's F-I-T-F-E-M-M-E Project.com. And click apply now. Until next time, this is the FitFem Project Alignment Podcast.